Father, many have received Jesus, and you gave the power to become your sons and daughters in Christ. I pray that all those at Gospel of Faith Church would be straightforward in our communication with brothers and sisters in the church, all of our co-labors in, in, the, in the Lord. We have the power to be direct, honestly, expressing our feelings and desires because Jesus has made unto me wisdom, the wisdom from above to be straightforward, impartial, unbiased, objective, and unfringed, free from doubts, wavering, and insincerities. We are your creation, Lord, and you created us to be active in sharing our faith so that I, I and you will have full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ Jesus. So today it is our prayer in Jesus' name that our conversation as we begin this broadcast, will always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that we may know how to answer everyone's questions. We are content with our own reality, satisfied to the point where we are not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state we are in, so those around us may feel safe in the presence of our Lord. We will speak truly, deal truly, and live truly, expressing the truth of the love of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now I know as I begin this broadcast, I have a sermon ready, but I need to kind of touch base. Paul always wrote to the churches, and he began his letters he used to always start his letters this way, grace and peace be upon you in the name of our God and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. I received a call from a committee um, two Sundays ago, about eight people, I must say, maybe 10, and I was very disturbed by some of the accusations I was hearing. And so I told them that I would be in attendance this last Sunday, and they asked me if they had the authority to take the steps necessary to deal with the issues that they had discussed with me, from either disciplinary action or to a full dismissal. And since we have no board of elders, I said it could fall to me or the regular membership of the church. But since I am not there on a daily basis or a weekly basis, have not heard uh, these things said from the pulpit, they felt it should fall to the membership. So I agreed as this is what the word of God would dictate. Now, <coughs> biblically, we must go to the Bible, when someone has done something that we feel is away from God, whether it be a member of the church, a brother or sister, or whether it be the pastor himself. 
So let's start there. In Titus 1, 6, 9, the qualifications of a bishop or a pastor. Verse 6, it says, If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angered, not given to wine, no striker, not guilty of filthy liqueur, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. Holding fast and faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince um, the gainslayers. In Titus 1 and 7, it's plain and it says it out loud. It says simply, um, simply put, it, it says a pastor must constantly demonstrate the gospel by admitting when he is wrong and assuming responsibility and restoring relationships. A pastor must be gentle, not quick-tempered. No man will be of any use in the kingdom of God that is quick-tempered. In Titus 2 and again in Titus 3, verse 2, it tells us we must be careful to maintain a good, sound doctrine and that we are to speak evil of no man. So in Matthew 18, verse 15 and 17, it also says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his faults between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more, and by mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be with you like hearken to a tax collector. Now, I know that many of you were, were quiet and silent and did not want to have to take a vote. <coughs> and Brother Lynn prayed about it, as I did. And I think through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the answer came. Rather than you having to put through as the congregation, as the body of Christ, as the membership, rather than to be put through that, having to take a vote to vote someone out, um, God had his answer by asking Brother Lynn through prayer. He stood up and he uh, tended his resignation. I think that was an act of, of a godly man. Uh, I spoke to Pastor Lynn the next day and thanked him for that decision, thus saving the congregation from that. Understand that there was no grave, you know, he didn't commit adultery or anything like that. Pastor Lynn may have, <coughs> forgive me, may have placed his own opinions in his sermons through, his, through, through the time at the pulpit, often harming some folks in the congregation. And that's what the committee felt was wrong. Um, our church is open to all the rich, the poor, the person with holes in their shoes or holes in their britches or uh, you know, uh, poor people, 
it's open to the alcoholic, the drug addicted. I always say the cigar smoking, pop belly beer drinking, redneck, uh, LGBTQ, you you name it. If they're if they're coming to Christ, I love that song, Red and Yellow, Black and White. I used to always yell it from the pulpit, Red and Yellow, Black and White, and the congregation would yell back, We are precious in His sight. And that goes for everyone. If they're lost, we invite them to come to the church through open doors, not closed doors. We don't care what the political world is doing around us. We only care what biblically God speaks to our hearts. We are there to save the lost and to come under the grace of Almighty God. So I wanted to start today's message by saying to you, do not worry, do not fret. God has you. We will continue to grow and we will continue to move forward. Pastor Lynn is going to run the food bank there at Gospel of Faith. He's going to continue to come to church, for that is his home church. And we will continue. Either myself or Bob will be there live one weekend, and then we will zoom in one weekend. Or if the weather is not permitting for that, you'll get it on the broadcast as of today. I understand that the snow is building up in Juniper Woods Ranch right now like a blizzard. But don't worry, for God has that church well in his hands. Sometimes the movement of the Holy Ghost, sometimes we don't quite understand it. But we should understand this. God loves each and every one of you, and he loves that church. It's time to let it grow. In Jesus' name, amen. I do, you want, I do want you to know that those people that um, worked through that had my blessing, the board's blessing, um, because that's how the Bible works. And uh, those of you that got upset uh, over that, uh, a few of you did, that please, uh, if you need to, call me. Um, my number's on the board there at the church. Give me a call, and I'll pray with you and work us through, work you through that. So I just wanted to open today's message with that um, so that everyone understands that, you know, there's changes that come to every church. Um, and uh, sometimes, sometimes we just have to work through those changes. So with that, uh, would you grab your Bibles, uh, put them to your heart? Lift them high to the heaven and repeat after me. This is my Bible. It is the infallible word of God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the word of God. I'll boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive and I will never, never be the same. Praise God. I'd like for you to turn your Bible today. Um, 
gotta find my page here well let's see I want to talk about grace I guess that's where I'm going to start it's going to be in Ephesians chapter 2 Ephesians chapter 2 we're going to talk today about the grace of God can you say that with me the grace of God see God's grace is exciting and it can be exasperating at the same time it's exciting because it opens the doors of freedom for a, for a joyous happy victorious life it is exact exasperating yeah, exasperating because many evangelists fear the doctrine of grace grace is often rejected because it's just too good to be true some pastors say but i want you to understand that it is just as good as it sounds and will change and transform your life because it because it's from god it's from god god's grace is sufficient for you if you didn't understand what grace is then you don't see it in action you don't realize what it is when it's in action in your life so i want to explain it to you today so that you might feel the miracle of grace and can become a reality in your life you see if you fear the freedom of grace then you will become a grace killer and i want you to know that every church every town every city has their grace killers those long-faced unhappy god squads that goes around making sure that everyone keeps their rules they're the people who want you to they want to be able to manipulate you and dominate you and and intimidate you with their religious rules <clears throat> and above all they want to do what they want to do and keep up their expectations for you and live up to their opinions and if you fall if you fall into the sewer of legalism i guarantee you you're going to live one hell of a life i should say hellish i want you to i want to be able to offer you today the, the grace of almighty god as the only escape from that nightmare that I just described to you. The grace of God will set you free. Say it with me. The grace of God will set you free. Free from what? Free from yourself. Free from some people live in a prison, a prison that they have constructed on their own. Free from the tyranny of their expectations free from the tyranny of their opinions and their demands on others free to obey free to love free to forgive others as well as yourself some people cannot forgive themselves if that hurts say amen 
some people cannot forgive themselves of what God has already forgiven them for. Free to allow others to be who they are. I wonder, do you allow others the privilege of having their own opinion? Listen, church, someone else doesn't have to be a loser to make you a winner. Someone else doesn't necessarily have to be in the wrong to make you right. Good people can have different opinions. Through the grace of Almighty God, we can learn to agree that we can disagree. Amen? <laughs> Many of you are trapped on the ought to treadmill. The demon of ought to's has you bound. I ought to do this. I ought to do that. You're saved. You pray. You witness. You're doing more and enjoying it less in the house of God where you're suffering on the edge of burnout. You're bitter. You're physically and mentally exhausted. You feel frustrated and defeated and disillusioned. <coughs> and grace is the only way you're ever going to experience a happy Christian life. But I want you to know today that grace is exciting. It cannot be earned. Grace is greater than sin. Grace preserves you and delivers you. Hallelujah. Grace will present you faultless before the Father on the day of judgment. Grace destroys fear. In the presence of grace, there is laughter and happiness. Hallelujah. You see, God's grace has been freely given to everyone out there today that I'm talking to. All of you in the sound of my voice. All of you in the the church. But many say it's just too good to be true. And I'll have to get my righteousness in that old fashioned way. I'll just have to earn it, give it up. The Bible says all of your righteousness is as filthy rags. And the only way you're ever going to have joy and peace and happiness is to accept freely, listen, freely, the favor of God the Father. Today, read with me Ephesians chapter 2, so I can really begin to preach. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Father, in Jesus' name, let us see. Let us see your amazing grace in our, in our lives today. Let us not be grace killers, but let us live with joy unspeakable and full of glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. 
It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Hallelujah. The text says, for by grace are you saved. Say it with me. For by grace are you saved. What is grace? Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Grace is free. You can't do anything to earn the grace of God. If you could earn God's grace, that's legalism. And legalism is the cornerstone of paganism. Every denomination in America has its own form of legalism in the church. What is that? That's rules that man makes to obtain righteousness with God. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I want you to know that eating fish on Friday is legalism. You cannot find that in the Word of God. It's not in the Bible. No music in the church is legalism that has nothing to do with the Bible, that has nothing to do with the Word of God. Long hair, long dress, to obtain righteousness with God is, is Pentecostal legalism. It has nothing to do with the Word of God or the grace of God. Closed com uh, communion in a Baptist church is legalism. It has nothing to do with the grace of God. You cannot earn the grace of God. You cannot do something to be holy. You have to accept what Jesus died on the cross or live a life in pure misery. No one ever kept the law. Only those who accept the grace of God live a happy and carefree life. How does grace work, Pastor? How does grace work? Grace works like this. I want you to imagine that you have one son, that he's six years old, and that he's the apple of your eye. And one day you come home and find that, that your son has been brutally murdered. Enraged, you help the police and find the killer. Now you have a choice. You can kill your beloved son's murder, and that's vengeance. And vengeance are mine, saith the Lord. Or you can let the courts convict and execute him, and that's justice. Probably wouldn't happen in today's courts in America today anyway. But that is how justice was and is supposed to work. Or thirdly, you can, you can plead for his pardon. You can forgive him completely after he's released from jail. You can invite him into your house and adopt him as your only son. Now that is grace. You say to me, preacher... Pastor Danpour, you're nuts. You say that's that's impractical, unreasonable, and impossible. Yeah. In the flesh, it is. But with the miracle of grace, nothing is impossible. How do you think you were saved? 
Think about it. How do you think you were saved? God sent his only begotten son to this earth. He was murdered by the created. And God the Father adopted the killers of Christ to be his sons and daughters. That's you and I. I'm a child of God. You are a child of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus. I am a son of the living God, and you a member of the royal family of heaven. We are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. The royal blood of heaven flows through our veins. We have been created a little lower than the angels by the miracle, by the miracle of God's grace. All our sin, all our iniquities have been forgiven us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel, Emmanuel's veins and sinless plunge beneath the flood. Loose are their guilt and stain. I accept the grace of the cross that forgives my sin, forgives my past, lets me look to the future and say, thank God, thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved by the grace of my loving God. Can you lift your hands to heaven and give him praise today? Give him praise. Shout amen and hallelujah. You see, we deserve to die. When Adam sinned in the garden, of the Bible says, by one man did sin enter into all the world. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Say it with me. The wages of sin is death. When you were born, when you opened your eyes, you were born in a sinful world, and by Adam you were already a sinner. Therefore death for you was justice. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, it was an act, listen, it was an act of God's grace to save you. But justice would have been served if God would have just let us all die. But we are free by the grace of God. Free by his grace to forget the guilt of our past. We are free of the fear of the future. I am free from the unreasonable expectations of other people. I am free to live. I am free to love. I am free to laugh. I am free to be happy. I have been set free by the grace of a living God for whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Say it with me. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. For by grace are we saved. Saved. That's a beautiful word, isn't it? Saved from what? 
I am saved from the pain and the penalty of sin. I am saved from Satan, that roaring lion seeking whom he may be devour. If I told you that there was a roaring lion on the loose in your home seeking to devour your husband, your wives, your children, your grandchildren, and he's going to rip them from limb to limb, what would you do? What would you do if I told you that there was a lion tamer who would come to your home and defeat that roaring lion in your life and that it was free? Would you be excited about that? I say you would. I would say you would. That lion tamer is Jesus Christ. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and his grace at the cross. He is the lion tamer from the tribe of Judah, and he is defeated. He has defeated that lion from hell. Hallelujah. Somebody, somebody shout amen. And he has given me the grace of the cross that has made me absolutely bulletproof from the powers and principalities of darkness. I am saved. Hallelujah. I am saved. Thank God Almighty, I am saved. Praise Jesus. I am saved from the flames of an eternal damnation. I am saved from the everlasting death of hell and the grave. When I stand before you today and I say I am a sinner saved by the grace of Almighty God. It is the most pronounced statement that a mortal can make ever. I am saved. I cannot stand before you and say I am the President of the United States with joy. I can't say that I am my own man with joy. I can't say that I'm the captain of my own destiny with joy. But praise be to God Almighty, I can stand before you today with joy unspeakable. And I can say, I am a sinner saved by the grace of God. I am a child of God, a member of God's royal family. Hallelujah. Because of the miracle. Because of the miracle of grace on Calvary, Jesus took my death. I deserve to die, but he took my death and he gave me everlasting life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands to heaven and shout amen. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. I shouldn't have even lean, uh, uh, been considered for it. But God's forgiveness gave it to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He took my sickness, my disease, and he gave me health and healing. Hallelujah. I want you to know and I want you to understand, church, <coughs> health and healing are a part of our divine heritage. He took my judgment and he gave me God's goodness and mercy. He took my crown of thorns and he gave me the crown of glory. He took my rejection and he said, Eloi, Elolama, Sabaka, Etani, which is my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he gave me God's approval. Hallelujah. Listen, church. 
we can only grow stronger as a New Testament church. We can only move forward in the Spirit and as the guide, guided and directed by the Holy Spirit. The song says, I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. And when his blood-soaked head fell on his chest, and he said, it is finished. Every demon in hell began to tremble. Every demon ran to the deepest caverns of hell itself. Satan trembled in fear. In a moment, God the Father took paper, parchment, made from the skin of his only begotten son, and with Jesus' blood, he penned a certificate of salvation that said, you are saved and forgiven. And he placed it. He placed it in your hand. Are you listening to me, church? The parchment made of the skin of Jesus, written with the blood of Christ, sits in your hand, saying you are saved and you are forgiven. Now when Satan, that destroyer, comes to your house, and he says to you, you're not worthy. You're not worthy of the forgiveness of God. And you're not worthy. And you're not worthy. And you're not worthy of God. You can say to him, <laughs> you can open this precious book and you can read, hallelujah, you can read the word of Almighty God. You are saved by the grace of the living God. You can, you can look hell's legions in the eye and you can say to them, I am redeemed, hallelujah. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I am justified by his death and his resurrection. I am sanctified, holy and righteous by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. My sins are forgiven me. They are buried in the deepest sea. I am saved. I am saved. Oh, praise be to God. By the grace of God, I am saved. And then you can say, devil, you get out of my face. I am a child of, of the living king. And you can say, get thee hence, devil. Get thee behind me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Ooh. Ooh, hey, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is alive and filled in this room today. I want you to know that right now. Adam and Eve had a perfect marriage. Adam didn't have to hear about all the men she could have married. Eve didn't have to hear about what a great cook his, his, his mother was. They had a perfect marriage. Eve asked Adam, Yo, Adam, do you love me? Adam looked around and said, Who else, Eve? I mean, really, who else would I love? There were no other women there. It's a perfect marriage. But Satan, the father of all lies, the master of deception, could not stand the joy and the peace and the unity of the human family that God had created. He was jealous because he could not have this relationship with God. So he slithered into the Garden of Eden and he attacked Adam and Eve in the minds by saying, Hath God not said, 
Did the word of God really say that? Listen to me. Listen to me. When Satan comes to destroy you, and he will, he will attack you mind first. Understand this. Everything that is happening in this country today, in 2024, is an attack on the mind of all mankind. Drugs. Rots the human brain. Alcohol. Alcoholism is a disease of the mind. Pornographic. The pornography attacks the mind. Understand this, church. 85% of all American homes now have cable television, internet, and the children, all the way down to toddlers, are playing on social media with phones, commercials, movies, magazines. That's the devil's play toy. The Bible says, let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. The Bible says we are renewed, say renewed, renewed in the inner man by renewing our mind. Why does Satan hate the word of God? The same reason humanists hate it. For the same reason the New Agers hate it. For the same reason the Satanists hate it. It defines sin. And it describes Satan as a defeated foe who is a liar and a deceiver. And it announces to all the world that Jesus Christ, hallelujah, is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. The Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last. He is the... <laughs> He, he is the one who shall return in that moment, in that twinkling of an eye at the last trump. The trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ shall rise. And then we who remain shall be caught up together with them in the air. Glory to God in the highest. Sin begins in your mind. Before it becomes a fact. Sin has three forms. It is first a fascination. And then it is a form. And then it becomes a fact. Murder does not begin when you shoot the gun. Murder begins when you <coughs> allow your brain to swim in the sewer of hatred. Adultery does not begin with the date. At a Motel 6, it begins when you allow your mind to swim in the sewer of lust for the forbidden fruit. Suicide does not begin when you take the pills for the overdose. It begins when you say, I wish I were dead. Death, listen, death is a spirit. Now I want you to please, please follow me here. I'm getting close to closing. Follow me here, please. Now, follow me here. Death is a spirit. And when you say, I wish I were dead, you invite the spirit of death in. Divorce does not begin in front of the judge. 
It begins when you allow the demon of confusion, jealousy, anger, and rage to enter into your minds. The Bible says that to him that knoweth to do right, but doeth it not to him that is sin. What do you think about? That's what you are. That's exactly what you are. And that's what you are going to do. The Bible says, for that reason, you will give an account to God for every thought you ever thought on the day of judgment. If I stood the rest of my life or the rest of the day, I could not make you understand what we lost when Adam and Eve fell. When Adam and Eve were disobedient to God, there sin was passed to you and I. And all that it implies, that's why you're, you hear God. That's why you hear God in the garden saying, Adam, Adam, where art thou? And I remember when I read this verse, I could, I could hear God saying, Adam, you dumbbell, you had it all. I created a perfect paradise for you. And you've botched it up. Now leave. Go. Get out. As I've studied the Bible throughout all these, these years, all these past years, I hear the voice of God saying, Adam, Adam, yo, Adam, do you know what you have done? Do you understand the power of sin that you have released upon all of humanity from this day forward? Because of what you've done, my only begotten son will have to die. That men will have a chance to recapture what you have just thrown down the drain. I can hear God plainly saying, Adam, I created you to have everlasting life. And now because of your disobedience, death has been released upon this earth. I created you with a perfect health. Now because of your disobedience, sickness and disease has been released upon this planet. We had perfect companionship, you and I. Now man is forever separated from me. We had a perfect world, Adam. And now there's thorns and thistles. On every rose, weeds and thistles grow wild. The next time you clean the weeds from your garden, say a special prayer for Adam, would you? You see, the earth is the earth is a spiritual creation. In Romans chapter eight, it says the whole world groans in the pains of a child's birth. Listen to this: every earthquake, every storm, every tornado every volcanic eruption is a convulsion of nature that is in response of sin out of balance out of harmony with god's perfect will think about that this secular legalistic humanist society they don't want god churches have gone down you drive through cities and see them empty boarded up you pay insurance all your life, but then when something happens, 
where they might have to pay, they say, that's an act of God. And I want you to know that's backwards. <laughs> that's hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes are a direct result of sin manifested in nature. Well, wouldn't that be a court case? Every city in America that gives itself over to sin shall one day be hit by the natural disaster. From Sodom and Gomorrah to right down town San Francisco to Phoenix, Arizona, Chicago, Illinois, and yes, even to the White House. We lost physical perfection when Adam fell from grace. Adam was a superman that God created. Eve was a ravishing number 10 when Adam woke up from his surgery and he saw this beautiful creative creature standing next to God. He noticed something was different and he said, whoa, man. <laughs> Generation of diseases, deformities, deterioration, death have caused physical imperfections. Every pair of glasses stands as a testimony to that physical imperfection. Every denture is the testimony to that. We reach a point in our lives when, where we patch, patch, patch. When your knees buckle and your pants won't fit. Down in the rocking chair, but you can't get it uh, going anymore. You get winded. Sink your teeth in a sandwich and they stay there. You go home and look in the mirror and you say to yourself, is that physical perfection? I think not. You see, Adam lost that for us. We lost mental perfection in the garden. Adam named every creature. Many men and women can't even remember their spouses' names. That no matter what they do, some of them can't even remember their kids' names. Where are we at, church? Where are we at? We lost emotional perfection. There was no worry. There was no fear. There was no dread, no anger, no rage. It was a perfect, beautiful garden. But then sin came into the world. Love is a dream. Marriage is an alarm clock. I remember I presided over my son's marriage. <laughs> I presided over my son's marriage, and, and I must admit, I didn't care for who he was marrying, but I really do now. I like her more than I like my son. But I know I said, I know that I said, <laughs> you're going to be marrying for better, for worse. And I looked at his soon-to-be wife and I said, he couldn't do better and you couldn't do worse. Love is a dream and marriage is an alarm clock. You better wake up before I say <laughs> you're married. We lost the perfection of relationships. Adam and Eve had a beautiful, open uh marriage they until they sinned in the Garden of Eden. 
it's time it's time to wake up it's time to say goodbye to sin it's time to say hello to the grace of god because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world it's time to say i want that miracle it's time you've got some wonderful things when you do find god when you find the grace god will give it you so many wonderful things because if you do anything after your life will be a brand new life but i want to caution you about grace killers the happier you get the more miserable they'll get grace killers don't don't, don't strut yourselves like a peacock and say i can handle it you can't handle it that's why jesus christ had to go to the cross and then he died because you couldn't handle it there's some great hindrances to grace and that's legalism the keeping of a man had rules obtain righteousness with god god hates legalism why because if you had, can if you could keep the rules and obtain righteousness with god then calvary was a lie and jesus died for nothing the only way you can ever have the grace of god is to go to the cross and receive it from the son of god the lord jesus christ and that's what we're offering you today jesus said whosoever will let him come and drink of the waters of life freely some of you that are listening to the sound of my voice today are trapped in a prison that you have created or others have placed upon you it's a prison and today in the name of jesus christ i pray ye walk out of that prison and receive the free grace of the living god receive the miracle working grace and the saving and keeping grace of a loving god a gracious god i pray today can you stand to your feet wherever you are wherever you are just stand to your feet and let god extend to you his gracious favor to those who do not deserve it or do you demand a pound of flesh how many of you listen to the sound of my voice say pastor satan has attacked my mind my thoughts are negative hateful maybe suicidal my attributes one are, are so negative judgmental and loveless my emotions are are filled with anger and resentment and fear a lack of confidence and i want the lord to supernaturally put his arms around me and let me feel his amazing grace that's going to happen right now right now as i'm speaking the grace of god upon you right now as i'm calling down the anointing of the holy ghost right now i pray ye holy spirit come come let the amazing grace surround those right now 
I want you to just right now, wherever you are, if you're at home sitting at the table listening or on the couch in the living room or in your bedroom, wherever you may be, or in the church, I want you to just lift your hand. Lift your right hand up. Lift your left hand up. Lift them both up and ask God. Just say it out loud, Lord. Say it with me, Lord God. I'm asking. I'm asking you for your amazing grace. As pastor prays, Lord, I'm just asking you to come. Put your arms around me. And let me receive of you. Let me receive that grace today. I know. I know the Holy Ghost is there. I know the Holy Ghost is is, is wherever you are right now. I can feel the Holy Ghost reaching out to you right now. Just say it with me, Father, in the name of Jesus. Say it with me out loud. Say it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I accept Christ. And I accept the forgiving grace of my heavenly Father. Come. Come. Touch me, Lord God. Touch my body, my mind, my spirit. Cleanse me that I might be cleansed, a new creation, as the Bible says, a new creation in Christ Jesus. I believe he died. I believe he was raised from the dead. And I believe that my Lord can change me. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Say it with me. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. In his name we pray. Amen and amen. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer with me, it's a simple prayer. If you prayed that prayer, I'd like you to just reach out wherever you are. Uh, this weekend, I don't, it doesn't look with the storms the way they are. They're going to have church over at Gospel of Faith this Sunday. But if the weather's clears, I will be there next Sunday. Next Sunday, I believe that's the 18th, I will be there. <coughs> and, you know, if you if you just accepted Christ as your Savior, you come. You come. And you come. When I have altar call, you come to that altar. I'm planning on having altar call the first Sunday I can get there. You come. And let me lay hands and pray with you, my brother or sister. You know, if you're a child, you come. Let us pray for you. And let us just get the grace of God flowing in that church once again. If you're not in, in the Ash Fork area or where you can get there to Gospel of Faith, find out, reach out to a gospel uh, believing church in your area and ask them, tell them that you accepted Christ on this broadcast, Spiritual Awareness, and that you need them to baptize you in the remission of sins in the name of Jesus. And I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you with all my heart to the family of God. God loves you as we at the Gospel of Faith Church. I'm going to say it in closing one more time so we've got this clear. I don't care if you're poor. I don't care if you got holy shoes. We're going to get you some new shoes. I don't care if you're an old cowpoke. I don't care if you're, uh, uh, you know, uh, down and out, downtrodden, you come. I don't care if you got a 
a four-piece Armani suit out there in the wilderness. You come. I don't care what background you are. I don't care if you speak uh, English or, or, or Muslim or, or, or what you speak. You come. God will translate. I've seen him do it before. You know, you come. You come. You come. Because God's calling you. He's calling us all back to Gospel of Faith Church. To open those doors. Listen to me. To open those doors for all people. Red and yellow, black and white. We are precious in his sight. Poor. Rich. Down and out. Up and out. It doesn't matter. Jesus went to, and, and his disciples were physicians and, and tax collectors and you name it. He had them. And they all followed him. I'm not Jesus, but I'm asking you, would you follow the man I follow? His name is Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And through his blood, and by the grace of Almighty God, are we saved. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you until we see each other once again. I invite you to Gospel of Faith Church. I believe it's 43715 Bullock Road. In Ash Fork, Arizona, it's actually in Juniper Woods. It's off of 89, Highway 89 and Bullock Road. The services start at 11. I know that this weekend, from the looks of things, it's so snowed in over there. They've got a, I just talked to Sister Marty. She said they were having a blizzard. So hope to see you there. Not, if it's not this weekend, it'll be next weekend. If it's this weekend, um, I need you to go to Gospel of Faith Church's uh, website. And send them your email so that they can get you on the Skype. Uh, I'm reading right now. It says beginning June 2024, our recording and editing tools will no longer be available. So I'm not sure how we're going to deal this, whether we're going to take the broadcast and make it a video cast. Uh, it's called Riverside. I'll have to, I'll have to research it more. Uh, they're telling me that we're going to lose uh, our audio library. So uh, you won't be able to hear this, the sermons of past. So, um, not sure how we're going to deal with that, um, but at that point we'll have to see. Um, I think under the the new one under Riverside, we have both video and uh, both video and voice, both. So we'll see. All right, with that, God bless you. We love you, and we hope to see you in church soon.